At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. A warmer Bubby Bow. Welcome to Bubby Las Vegas for Kelsey Kelsey's with myself, Greg Eves Peterson. Now part of the Beats and Family Podcast. We've got a great podcast for you guys. In segment number two, we are going to be joined by Isabel Gonzalez. She does great work over at CBS Sports and she really takes a look at all forms of basketball. Women's college basketball, the WNBA, NBA, list goes on and on. I know that she does a great job of covering the West Coast scene, so we're going to chat with her just what the run for San Diego State means for West Coast college basketball. We're going to be talking with her about some of the similarities that we saw with the Final Four teams and if it is going to be a little bit more of a trend moving forward, what this means for mid-majors and a little bit of perhaps what we can expect to see this offseason as well from some of the Mountain West teams and some of the approaches that they have been taking in the final segment. We saw plenty of player movement on Tuesday. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a roundup of that and that's a lot of what you can expect on this podcast right now. We are in full offseason mode. Unfortunately, there's just no money to be made with the two 2022-23 season, but there's going to be oodles and oodles of money to be made for the 2023-24 season. There's going to be over 4,000 games I could listen on the betting board, and I'm going to do my darndest to prepare us as much as humanly possible to make some big-time money for the upcoming college basketball season, and if you have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, and it could be at any time. You can fire it in tonight. You can fire it in a month from now. We've got plenty of time to dive into them. You can fire it in one of two ways. First one is my Twitter timeline at gnet underscore d1. Keep in mind letters EM. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way, that's fine an Apple Podcast Review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, be able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via the five-star review. Really did not get in a lot of Twitter questions today, and if you missed my look at just how I will be playing futures right now, I personally did not give out like any big bomber future plays or anything like that because it is very, very early. You'd be tying up your money for north of 365 days because this year's NCAA tournament a few days earlier than normal. But I did give out some advice for some of the teams to take a look at. That was on the podcast yesterday, so I do have you guys covered. I know that a lot of the questions were there, and I was able to get those answered. But I'm just going to be doing everything possible to track this movement. You are, just like I did last offseason, going to be getting a preview of every single conference in the country as well. These are going to be coming, though, more around late May, early June as when I'm going to start and then I'm going to do like one and a half conferences per week as I like to say because there are some weeks where I'll probably have one. There will be some weeks when I have two but do want to let the transfer portal simmer down 
Typically, it would be a case where you'd be able to do your conference previews right about now if it was college basketball six to seven years ago. But as we know, guys are transferring. As a matter of fact, I go to verbal commits to track a lot of these transfers in college basketball. Right now, about 1,277 players are in the portal. I would not want to be doing a preview of what would be a conference preview because that's essentially what it would be right now. So we're going to hold off a little bit before giving you guys any sort of conference previews, but I'm going to be tracking all this movement. I'm going to be trying my best to give you guys as much information as humanly possible on these teams. And as I was talking about just a minute ago, if you have any questions, fire them in at any time throughout the offseason. The one thing that I'm not going to do is I'm not going to speculate on where where a guy might be going if they have like 10 visits or something like that. I don't want to be trying to spread something that has not actually happened. I want to be taking a look at things that are actually concrete. We know where a guy is going. Like trying to project forward being like, oh, if LJ Cryer is on the North Carolina Tar Heels, and I don't even know if North Carolina is going to be in on him or not, it's just really no value in that. But if LJ Cryer decides tomorrow that he's going to go to the Wisconsin Badgers, which, spoiler, the Wisconsin Badgers don't use the transfer portal. They are not getting LJ Cryer. Sorry, Wisconsin fans. But that said, if he were to do that, immediately you'd be able to get a lot of reaction. I would tell you what that means for Cryer, what that means for the Wisconsin Badgers. So that's how I'm going to be operating. If that was a little bit of a question, hopefully I was able to clear that up. And like I said, any further ones, fire those in, Twitter timeline, or via an Apple Podcast review. And we're going to get on great guests all throughout the offseason as well to try to lend some insights on as many teams as possible, on as many just different nuances as on basketball as possible. And coming up next, we are going to be talking to Isabel Gonzalez. She was covering the Final Four. We're going to talk about what the San Diego State run means for the Mountain West, what it means for West Coast basketball, some of the similarities that we saw with Final Four teams, if that might become a trend, and so much more right here on Coast Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Hughes Peterson, now a part of the Houston Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. And we're back here in Las Vegas with Coach Kelsey, with myself, Greg Eames-Peters, and now part of the Beeson Family and Podcast. Great to be joined by our guest as Isabel Gonzalez does great work over at CBS Sports, and she really does a great job covering all forms of basketball, whether you like the men's side of college basketball or the women's side of college basketball. I'm sure that she's going to be doing a little bit on the WNBA front once that season gets up and running, and I know that she comes out here year in and year out for the NBA Summer League as well. So Isabel really does a great job on all those fronts. You're able to follow her on Twitter at the letter C, Isabel, and then the letter G all together. And Isabel, great to have you aboard. Thank you. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you. It's great to have you aboard. And Isabel, what did you make out of everything that we did see in the Final Four and the national title game? Because for San Diego State, not necessarily the end that they wanted against UConn, but it's called what it is. I think that you would agree with me. UConn was by far the best team remaining in that Final Four. And I thought that it was really just a good moment in general for college basketball, having a pair of teams in San Diego State and Florida Atlantic that a lot of people would not necessarily revere as Blue Bloods being able to make it to the Final Four because I do think that it's going to open up a pathway for more of these mid-major teams to be given an opportunity to make the NCAA tournament. And I think we're starting to see that the divide between these mid-major schools, if you want to use that term, and the power conference schools, it's as slim as ever. Absolutely. And I mean, just starting with the Final Four, not having number one seats, that is pretty amazing because it's only happened a handful of times. And the fact that you had teams like the ones you just mentioned, you know, a lot of people were sort of shocked about it. Some were happy about it and some were not. And that's okay. You know, you can like whatever you want. But I thought overall it was pretty cool. For college basketball, it's, it's exciting whenever you have a bunch of teams that can really compete. And March Madness is really all about surprises, which obviously these teams were completely surprising during the um, tournament. And teams like San Diego State, I think that's really cool to see because obviously the Mountain West has this reputation of always kind of doing pretty decently well to get people excited during the season. And then once March comes around and they make it into the NCAA tournament, and that's every team, not just San Diego State, um, they've been sort of you know not performing at their best level. And then they always just and their run really quickly. But this year it was different. And I think Brian Dutcher has done a terrific job with the program. You know, he's been so close and he just needed to get over that hump. And during the press conference, Matt Bradley was talking about how this was pretty much a comeback story because they had that 30 and two season that obviously, you know, that postseason didn't happen. And then the last time then they lost in the first round. So this was really kind of like their year to prove that they could do it. And they did because a lot of people doubted them. And 
the fact that they made it to this um, title game, that's incredibly amazing. And yes, they lost by a lot, but they showed a lot of fight in the game too. So you got to give them credit. And for my side of things, I took San Diego State catching seven and a half points. And really that sequence that doomed them was when they missed that one and one free throw. And then they got... If you want to call it a nickel and dime foul, you could call it that. That's probably as generously as you could put it because I saw no foul there whatsoever. But that's ultimately what sunk them. Were they going to win the game? Probably not. But I did think that that was of rather significance. But for San Diego State, no doubt about it, it was a big year. And I just noticed this with San Diego State as Isabel Gonzalez. She does tremendous work at CBS Sports. She is joining me on the podcast. It's a program that they utilize the transfer portal, but I feel like they utilize it right because there are some schools that they refuse to use it. And I think that we're both in agreement. The schools that completely refuse to use it, you're just passing up on a tool that can make your program better. And I don't think that that's the way to go. But you also have the programs that they're trying to pick up like eight guys every offseason in the portal. They're trying to completely rebuild their roster. That's not the way to do it either. But with San Diego State, what I like about them is that they picked up guys in the portal, but guys that were able to hang around for multiple years and or be sort of role guys, like Jaden Ledee is someone that they picked up in the portal. They knew that they needed a little bit of scoring help for Matt Bradley from last year after they went down to Creighton in that NCAA tournament game. They pick up Darian Turmel, so a lot of the core pieces like Matt Bradley, like Nathan Menza, they were back from a season ago, but they were able to add via the transfer portal more of those ancillary pieces to go along with a good core. That's a really great point because I think even Dan Hurley said that Dutcher has been one of the best coaches in the country. And to be honest, I feel like he's been really solid the last couple of years because it is about their culture. I a story on them uh, like two years ago on pretty much that, like how Dutcher builds his program. And it really comes down to, of course, having better end players around and using that transfer portal to get that talent. And they want older players because obviously you have more experience, you can be more physical. And UConn gave them a lot of credit. You know, they were saying that San Diego State was one of the most physical teams they played, one of the most talented teams. That says a lot about the entire program. But also just, you know, Dutcher is not just about recruiting those like tough players and the talented players. But I'm sure you saw this story about Matt Bradley, how he almost wanted to quit basketball. And then Dutcher told him, no, you know, you can still you can still do more. Which says a lot about a coach when you can really motivate people to keep going when they're ready to just give it all up. That is going to really create an amazing culture. And a lot of their press conference after the game, yes, they were really sad, but they talked about a brotherhood. And that's what's the most important. That's why they made it so far, because you have guys who really believe in each other, even if the whole world doesn't. And that's why you win games. UConn is also another team that you can look at and you see that there are a lot of players there that have great stats, but there's also players who... You know, maybe he don't get the spotlight that much, but they're glue guys. That's what you have to do. It's use the transfer portal, but also develop players and most importantly, develop a culture. And I do think that there are certain coaches that do this. And these are the coaches that I think are utilizing the transfer portal the best, because I do think that's really a theme with all four of the final four teams that we did see this year. They certainly do bring in guys because they know that there are some holes and they need to fill them up with Miami. They knew that they needed a big man. They pick up no Chad Omier. We all know that Nigel Pack got a lot of the headlines for the NIL deal, but no Chad Omier was a very big ad in the transfer portal, something that they were desperately missing when they made their Elite Eight run last year. For Atlantic, they brought in Vladislav Golden from Texas Tech, but they maintained a lot of their same pieces from last year, and the team that 
Tannehill and State lost to in UConn. They brought in someone in Tristan Newton to help out that backcourt, but a lot of their key pieces were there. And I do think that the best coaches are able to keep these guys around for multiple years. Meanwhile, you see a lot of these players that they're a little bit distraught. They don't necessarily like the culture. They just jump ship right away, and they are looking for these cultures that guys like a Coach Hurley, Brian Dutcher, what have you, are building. Absolutely. And I mean, San Diego State is part of the Mounted West, and we've talked about it in other podcasts. With San Jose State, they've surprised a lot of people this year in that conference. And I think, you know, Tim Miles is a very good coach that could really fix their program, really turn it around because, you know, they haven't been good in a while, probably ever. But this year, they made a lot of noise. And he's one of those coaches that knows how to create that culture because they had that player in Omari Moore who I think could have easily gone to a bigger school, you know, a better program than San Jose State. But he decided to stick around. And that's the kind of coach you want, whether it's, you know, at a mid-major type of school or at a high major. It doesn't really matter because obviously teams like San Diego State just prove that you can make it to the title game if you have a good culture. And if your coach really puts together the right team to make it happen. I agree with you. And to your point about San Jose State, their 21 wins this year. That was tied for the most in program history. They tied a mark that they were able to reach in the 1980-81 season and when they were an independent in the 1949-50 campaign. So that was certainly a big stride forward for them as Isabel Gonzalez, she does amazing work over at CBS Sports, is joining me on the podcast. And what do you think San Diego State did in terms of sort of the Mountain West slash West Coast basketball landscape? Because I know that a lot of people... They wanted to bash on the Mountain West because the conference had not been able to make a lot of runs. And I think that we will both agree just because one team doesn't make a run does not mean, oh, the Mountain West was amazing this year or anything like that. Just like with the ACC, because Miami makes a run, it doesn't mean that we were all underrating the ACC all year long because one team makes a run. But I do think that this is big because out on the West Coast, teams outside of the Eastern slash Central time zones, last team to really win a title was... Arizona back in 1997 and I do feel like more and more of these top flight recruits more and more of these top flight transfers they have been coming to west coast schools in recent years including the Mountain West it was obviously huge for the conference because it was the first for the conference you know the title game the and extra money (laughs) exactly extra money so it was really funny to see because if you know the Mountain West you know that New Mexico fans do not like the Aztecs I used to cover New Mexico, so I have a lot of basketball uh, local fans following me on Twitter. And they were all rooting, or for the most part, like 99% were rooting for San Diego State. Because it's really cool to see a team from your conference make it that far. And obviously, it does mean a lot more um, money for your program, which, you know, overall, that's great. But it's just cool to see that a team that your team competes against, that they make it that far. Because teams like New Mexico, they were the very last team to lose the game this season which obviously the rest of the season didn't go well. But I think that also said a lot about the Mountain West. You know, you got the team that was last undefeated, and then you have San Diego State make it to the title game. Then you have other teams kind of competing in their two, Boise State. You have San um, San Jose State making a little bit of noise there. It's just a conference that, you know, they sort of shit themselves in the foot sometimes because it's sort of competitive. And San, um, San Diego State almost got swept by New Mexico, which is kind of funny to think about. Because it was Lamont Butler who ended up hitting that buzzer beater at the pit when they ended up winning that last game that pretty much ended New Mexico season at that point because of their resume. But then he also hit that buzzer beater in the Final Four. So it's kind of cool how all the storylines kind of merge. And 
yeah, this is awesome for the Mountain West. I think it's going to take a little bit more time before people really respect it more. But I think this is this was a really good first step. And to your point about Lamont Butler as well, he was a billy goat at the beginning part of the season for what happened in the Maui Invitational. So seeing him hit those clutch shots late, that was a really good redemption story. And one that I went, I feel went a little bit under the radar as well. And Isabel, I'm so glad that you did mention the fact that you do have some ties to New Mexico because here in the off season, we're going to be seeing a lot of transfer portal moves. As a matter of fact, I think we've got right around 1300 guys already out there in the transfer portal. It is hot. It is heavy. I lied to you because I overestimated just a little bit. It's more around 1,275, but no doubt about it. We're going to be seeing a lot of these guys entering into the transfer portal here in the offseason. But what I thought was very notable is that someone in Jalen House, who he would have had his pick of schools if he went into the transfer portal, I'm sure that he would have been able to gauge a little bit of NBA interest if he would have went into the draft. I'm not sure if he would have been drafted or not, but he's going to be heading back to New Mexico. And we've seen this with a lot of Mountain West schools, being able to keep guys just at their own program. We saw with Isaiah Stevens last offseason. We shall see what happens with them this offseason. But I think that that's big for a New Mexico program that the back half of the season, I think we're both in agreement, not necessarily the world's greatest for them, but they were really able to build something. And perhaps season number three is going to be able to be that breakout year for them with a lot of guys returning. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of parts to that because obviously a big part of it is how the player himself felt about this season and whether he feels that season could go better the next year. And I think New Mexico right now is going to have to pick up some size in the transfer portal. That's been sort of an issue because their defense, it wasn't always the greatest. They have some very talented shooters, but they still got to develop a little bit of a better team and just work on a couple of different things. Other than that, and like the culture, you have NIL which I think it's going to help a lot of programs. It's already helping a lot of programs in the mid-major level because those teams are going to be able to capitalize on the fan bases, which is something that, I mean, I'm sure it always played a role, but now it's an even bigger role. And you have these guys who can stay in one place instead of having to lead to a bigger school to try to get more eyes on themselves. And I think that's really cool. So I feel like with Jalen House, that was definitely one of the things. And it's also very beneficial to him because I'm sure he wants to play in the NBA but another year of developing I think that could do wonders for him it could always help different players you know other than like the very top players who obviously are already going to get drafted I think most players can benefit from staying a little bit longer in school so it's kind of cool to see how the culture is changing obviously transfer portal goes insane now but NIL is helping keep those guys in schools and that could help develop better teams later on. I do think so as well, and I think that it's going to be a very interesting offseason. You mentioned New Mexico. They're probably going to be a little bit lively in the transfer portal, and we've seen a lot of Mountain West teams do a terrific job of bringing in some talent. Hopefully it works out a little bit better for Wyoming this offseason as last (laughs) offseason. I liked what they did, and it just came up snake eyes for them. Let's call it what it is. But, Isabel, I know that you're going to be doing a great job gauging all things hoops. I know that you're going to be taking a look at more live action with the NBA and WNBA in the coming months, but I know that you're going to have your finger on the pulse as to what's happening in the men's and women's offseason as well in college. And then we're going to be back at it with more game action in November. So let the good people at home know it's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Absolutely. Like you mentioned, I do all sorts of basketball. That's definitely my favorite sport. Um, I will be taking a look at NBA coming up and, of course, a lot of like the offseason stuff with college basketball. I've been doing a lot of women's basketball, which has been so fun. That's kind of been my main beat right now. I went to the Final Four in Dallas for that. Doing a lot more of that. 
And yeah, you can follow along, obviously, on CBS Sports. There's a lot of great stories, not just from me, but from my colleagues. And then on my Twitter at C Isabel D, I tweet a lot about basketball, but you know, sometimes other sports. So go ahead and follow me there. And Isabel did a great job of following the women's final four as well. And you got a lot more than her just tweeting about the beef that ha- happened between Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark. What I like about Isabel is that she was actually taking a look at what happened on the court as well, because I felt like that should have been a little bit more of the story that got mm-hmm. lost. And Isabel did a great job of shining a nice light on that. So big time kudos to her. And every time Isabel joins this podcast, she always lends tremendous insights, much like she did today. So big thanks, Isabel, for joining me on Coast Coast Soup Style, part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Coming up next, we're now in full on off-season mode. And with off-season mode, the transfer portal it is hot and heavy let's take a look at all the players that decided that they were going to be making some moves in the portal next at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 
And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for Ghost Ghost with myself, Craig Pierce, and now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Always great to get Isabel Gonzalez aboard. She does amazing work over at CBS Sports, taking a look at all forms of basketball. She did a great job taking a look at the ladies NCAA tournament. She did a great job on the men's side of things as well. I know that she has done incredible work taking a look at really West Coast hoops in general. I know that she comes out here every year for Summer League as well. So a big thanks to Isabel for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast that we take a look at all the player and coaching movement that we saw in college basketball over the last 24 hours. Not a surprise, but we are seeing a lot of moves being made as Tyler Perry, he has decided that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal. He was at North Texas this last season, and not a surprise here. His coach and Graham McCaslin did go to Texas Tech. you got to wonder if he's going to be heading over there with him. But for Mr. Perry, you've seen him in Hollywood, and now you're seeing him on the hardwood as last year he was able to give the team a little bit over 17 points per game. Shot it very well from three-point range, part of a team that was dead last in the country in terms of possessions per game, but did a very, very good job of being a high-usage guy for them. So we shall see where he's going to be ending up. Devontae Gaines has decided that he is going to be transferring away from George Mason. His coach, Kim English, is now with Providence, and we've already seen a few players like Josh Odoro be uh, going from George Mason and following their coach over to Providence. So got to wonder if this is going to be the latest of them. He made 23 starts this last season, got a little bit banged up, shot about 34.5% from three, supplied the team with 7.5 points, six boards, began his career at Tennessee as well. So very much has been a little bit of a follower of Kim English, so we shall see what happens there. And that's a lot of what happens in the offseason. When a coach takes a new job, he brings a lot of his guys with him. Got to be wondering where Jose Placer is going to be going. He was playing at North Florida this last year and had a very nice year for North Florida. 14 points per game. They played him a little bit more off the ball this year, but he still had three assists per contest, shot 36.5% from three-part range. Not a guy with a lot of size, but is a guy that's able to make quite a few buckets. So, going to be very fascinating to see where he goes in terms of the transfer portal. We are seeing a lot of guys that are at the D1 level, and they're going to decide to go down to the non-D1 level, like Cita Quavius Hunter. He saw really no playing time whatsoever at Cal State Bakersfield. He's going to Pearl River Community College, and these are the moves that are going to be very easy for you. When you see something like this, all you need to do is cross off someone like Mr. Hunter, and you don't need to worry about them anymore since they're no longer at the D1 level. Fix it, forget it, boom, you are done there. Someone like Cam Martin, you feel good about him as he was playing at Kansas this last year. He was a walk-on. He really didn't see any playing time. He's going to be heading over to Boise State. Actually, he began his career at Jacksonville State, but we shall see what happens there. We did see some defections over with a pride of Hofstra as Aaron Estrada and Luol Mayang have decided that they are entering into the transfer portal. By far the biggest one is Aaron Estrada. This guy was amazing for a Hofstra team that actually won the CAA regular season. A lot of people forget that with everything that College of Charleston did, but he averaged 20 points, 5.5 boards, 4.3 assists, shot 37% from 3, 80% at the free throw line. This guy was Mr. Do-It-All. Really improved his defense towards back half of the season for a Hofstra team that was able to win 25 games and then... With May Young, just not necessarily the same excitement level with him. Not that he's just a complete inner afterthought, but that said, he played as many minutes as myself this past season. Had a little bit of fanfare coming in as a six foot ten, a little bit of a project. So we shall see where he goes. Joe French is a good sharpshooter that is currently in the transfer portal, and we notice a lot of these guys, good role players that maybe they tore it up at a little bit of a lower level. You can tell that they aren't going to be the man at a power conference, but they could come in and be able to provide some scoring. Like French, in all three of his years in college, has shot at least 91% the free throw line, 
Shot at least 40% from three. This year, coming off of 9.8 points per game, shot about 49% from three, 94% at the free throw line. So we shall see where he ends up. A lot of these guys in the portal are probably going to be deciding where they're going to be going in future weeks, but we did see a few bigger decisions made, like Kamari Lands. He was a top 75 recruit of Louisville. Averaged six points per game this past season, just did not fit with that Louisville system because with Louisville, it was like 500 forwards and no guards whatsoever. Did shoot about 32% from three. He has decided that he's going to Arizona State. We saw Arizona State do a really good job in the transfer portal last season, so we shall see if that continues this year, but that, I think, is a relatively fascinating move. Seven-footer Russell Chewa, he was able to give South Florida a good year this last year. He was able to supply about 11 points, eight and a half boards, not too much of a shot eraser, but certainly does a nice job down low. He is now in the transfer portal, so very interested to see where he is going to be going. Tyler Petrum, he just could not find any minutes with UAB this year, and he has decided that he is going to transfer. You're going to notice a lot of this as well. Guys that were maybe starters like two, three years ago were able to put up some good numbers. They go to a place, they aren't able to get any minutes. They decide that they're going to hit the portal. Like, with Metrum in his two years at Binghampton. He was averaging 9.5 points per game, shot 37% from three-point range. Good numbers at UAB. He couldn't get in off the bench. He averaged 1.4 points per contest. He only played in like 14 or 15 games, so going to be fascinating to see where he goes. Nick Ellington, he last season was playing over at Eastern Illinois. He decided that he is going to be going into the transfer portal. Not someone that was really able to give the team a lot of production. And Let's call it what it is for Eastern Illinois. They had that great triumphant upset over Iowa, but still not necessarily the world's greatest year for them. We are also noticing a lot of guys that they might have come out of school with a lot of fanfare. They didn't necessarily get the minutes that they wanted. They have decided that they are going to be entering in the transfer portal as well, like a Jaden Bradley. Bradley was a little bit more of a role player this last year at Alabama. He was an SEC all-freshman performer, but you kind of feel like he probably wanted a little bit more. He averaged about 20 minutes per contest, shot 32% from three, six half points, three assists per contest, but as like a top 30 recruit, he probably was thinking that maybe he should have gotten a little bit more, so he is in the transfer portal portal. Things just went completely awry with Albany. You had the Dwayne Killing situation in which apparently he abused a player and that did not help them out at all and they brought in quite a few transfers, what have you. You could tell that their recruiting was affected and Jepinot Kellogg, who is coming in from UW-Green Bay, has decided that he's going to leave the program. He was a starter two years ago at UW-Green Bay with six and a half points, four boards, never supreme, but he averaged 1.2 points per contest on an Albany team that stunk. He was just badly used, so we're going to see where he ends up. He's going to be entering in the transfer portal. Alan Bertrand, he has decided that he is going to be entering into the transfer portal as well as he was able to do a solid job as a sharpshooter this last year at Ryder. He really had his breakout year during the 2019-20 season with Towson. We had 13.5 points, shot 38.7% from three. This year shot 41% from three, but lower usage guys, 6.5 points, 2.7 rebounds for contest. Pretty much a designated shooter for the team, so very interested to see what happens there. Things just went awry for UMass this last year. A lot of it was due to injury and RJ Louise. He's on the transfer portal, average as a freshman, and he was an A-10 all-freshman performer. Right around 11.5 points, 4.5 boards for three-point shot, 35% from distance as a nice six foot seven combo player. He's now out there. David Jones is in the transfer portal once again after he had DePaul was able to tear it up two years ago with 14.5 points, 
seven and a half boards, two and a half assists per game, and at St. John's only shot about 29 and a half percent for three, but worked on his range towards the back half of the season, 13 points. He supplied the team with about seven rebounds per game, as we know. Slick Rick Patino is now in there at St. John's. He probably was not going to be seeing a lot of minutes for them, so he has decided that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal. Another sharpshooter in Jordan Ganey has decided that he is going to be entering into the transfer portal. Yep, we've got a lot of guys on the transfer portal. We are nearing 1,300 players, so buckle up for safety, but for Ganey, he was able to average 15 points, 2.5 assists from 3 point range, shot about 34.5% this last year, shot 49.3% as a freshman. He was in a higher usage role this year with USC Upstate, but he has decided that he is going to be checking out his options. Avery Anderson, the third, who missed the last month plus of the season for Oklahoma State, he has decided that he is going to be entering into the transfer portal as well. And you can tell that Oklahoma State badly needed him out there in the fold. It's not like this was some sort of a sharpshooter or anything like that. He wasn't necessarily a supreme guard, but it was a Oklahoma State team that they just in general have not been able to do the world's greatest job with guards not named Kate Cunningham, and that's because Kate Cunningham is able to do a little bit of everything, but three-year starter that this last year averaged 11 points, three and a half boards, three and a half assists, shot 18% from three-point range after shooting more like 32% from three last two seasons, but he's now in the transfer portal. Efton Reed, he just was not utilized at all at Gonzaga this last year. 2.1 points per contest, averaging 4.6 minutes per game after this kid was a top 25 recruit of LSU during the 2021-22 season. Someone who, at 6'11", doesn't necessarily pop threes well, but is able to pop a few threes. You can tell that he just was not a fit at all with Gonzaga. You have to figure that with Drew Timmy out of the fold, he was going to see some more minutes this upcoming year, but still, he has decided that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal, and just because a guy enters into the transfer portal does not mean that he cannot come back from where he came, but this is a case where I do not think that he is going to be back for more over at Gonzaga. Lewis Coatwright is probably going to be a little bit of an up transfer. He was playing at Quinnipiac this last season. Primarily came in off the bench, but was a very good contributor for that backcourt. 10.3 points, 4.1 rebounds, 3.9 assists, 1.3 seals. Really, a statue suffer. Does need to work on his free throw shooting. He only shot right in the neighborhood about 55% at the charity stripe this last season, but all in all, very solid player. Kwan Marble just did not see minutes this last year. Adloyo Marymount began his career at Wyoming, where at Wyoming he was averaging 8.5 points per contest. Shot about 33% for three this last year at Loyo Marymount. Things just fell out of favor for him. Three points, two boards. Shot 35% for three, but only about 13 minutes per contest. And has decided that he is going to be heading to Niagara. A good get for a Niagara team that they have to replace one of their top players from last year in Noah Thomason. Thomason is really the guy that the offense ran through as he was given the team like 18 points, 3.5 boards, 3.5 assists per contest. And certainly he's probably not going to be that, but he should see some minutes right away and be a nice upgrade for a bunch that they like to play super duper slow. And when he was playing at Wyoming, he was in a little bit of a slower system. This should suit him very well. Jared Billups is currently in the transfer portal. He was an all-Metro Atlantic freshman performer a few years ago. And this last year, solo performance. Eight points, six half boards, steal, and a block per contest. Able pop threes doesn't necessarily pop them very well, but nice well-rounded player. We shall see what happens there. This guy is going to be staying out there on the West Coast. As Carmen Wilbon, he was playing this last year at Sacramento State, and he has decided that he is going to be heading to Cal State Bakersfield. Meet me for the Roadrunners. He has been a very well-traveled man, as this is going to be, I believe now, his fourth different conference, but 
He was able to supply second round of safeties last year with 8.5 points, 3.8 rebounds per contest. As used to playing in a very slow, grimy system, shot 32% from three. As a six foot five, a little bit of a do-it-all player. So I do think that that is going to be suiting him very well. This was really one of the more notable moves that we did see on Tuesday. Keon Menefield, he was very solid as a freshman at Washington this last year. He was able to give the team 10 points right in the neighborhood, about three boards, three assists per contest from three-point range. Shot about 33% from three-point range. Was a little bit hot and cold with that regard, but he's heading to Arkansas. As we know with Arkansas, they really were bereft of some three-point shooting. The backcourt just got very banged up in general, so this is going to be very, very big for them. Jaden Bediaco, he was playing this last year at Santa Clara. He has decided that he is going to be entering into the transfer portal, and he was able to do a okay job with Santa Clara. You can tell that he didn't necessarily get see a supreme amount of minutes despite being a starter, but was a nice role player. Six points, five boards, not a guy that's going to pop any threes at six foot ten, but relatively solid player. I think that he is of relation to Jaden Bediaco, so we'll see what happens there. This is just a very sad story. Harrison Ingram, we all remember he was a top 25 recruit headed over to Stanford. And why Jared Hass has a job, someone needs to tell me because I have no idea. He is in the transfer portal. He got better as the season went along, but has never been able to reach his full potential. 10.5 points, 3.7 assists, 5.8 rebounds per game for a Stanford team that they have been more than one game above 500 once in the last five years under Jared Hass. Certainly Harrison Ingram has not been able to live up to his billing to this point, but at the same time, I pin this more on the buffoon that still has a job right now in Jared Hass. I have no idea why they kept him aboard, and Jared Hass wasn't terrible when he was coaching up UAB. This just is not working out for anyone whatsoever, so very fascinating to see where he goes, because I think that Harrison Ingram still has a lot to offer. Jaden Coleman decided that he is going to be heading from Tulane, and he's going to be attending Detroit. Limited to 19 games this year due to injury, was able to supply the team with about 4.5 points per contest two seasons ago at Tulane. Shot 42% from three, six half points per game. Antoine Davis is out of 500 years of eligibility, so... That is a little bit of a bummer for that team. So the page has been turned, but certainly a good get for them. He should be able to put up some big points in a horizon league that let's call it what it is. Not a lot of defense being played there. Matthew Morales decided that he is going to be declaring for the NBA draft. Not sure if he's going to be maintaining his eligibility or not. Ole Miss, they're going through a coaching regime change as it is going to be Mr. Chris Beard taking over. And that could honestly be beneficial for him if he does maintain his eligibility. But for Morrell, a former top 50 recruit, 14 and a half points, steal per contest, only shot 30% from three this year after shooting 38.5% from distance two seasons ago. I think a lot of that was because Kermit Davis's offense was not necessarily so great, but he has decided that he is going to be entering into the draft. Logan Duncombe, he's got quite a bit to offer. He was at Indiana, just couldn't see any minutes because there was a guy by the name of Trace Jackson Davis in front of him, a former top one recruit, 6'9 forward. He's going to be heading over to Xavier, and this could be a big thing because with Xavier, offense was very supreme with this team. They just didn't play a lot of defense. Duncombe is not a guy that's going to be going out there, stepping out and hitting a bunch of threes or anything like that, but should be able to fortify that defense. He should be able to see some more minutes. I think that Xavier could be going more than the six deep that they did a season ago, especially if they continue to run that high tempo style. So that's a good fit for all parties. As far as returnees and guys that have decided that they are going to be entering into the NBA draft, Tyler Wall is back for his 500th year of college basketball at Wisconsin. Continuing a tradition unlike any other as this last year he was able to register about 12 points. He pulled in between 5.5 and 6 boards, was able to give out 2.5 assists per game. 
Call it it is, he didn't have much of a professional landscape. He was probably going to be playing overseas at best. He might have been a G League guy, so he's decided that he is going to be going back to Wisconsin. He is becoming the next Brad Davison. He is becoming the next Josh Gosser. I've had Ben Bruss on this show. He is a good friend. He's amazing, but he's following just sort of those footsteps in returning for about his 500th year of college basketball, so that's always fun. No shocker here, Derek Lively has decided that he is going to be entering into the NBA draft. Didn't have the impact that we were expecting. He was a top five guy in terms of the recruiting rankings. Five and a half points, five and a half boards, 2.4 blocks. Did a solid job down low. Offensive game very much left quite a bit of something to be desired. So you wish him absolutely nothing but the best. Unsure if Ricky Council is going to be maintaining his eligibility or not, but he decided that he is going to be going into the NBA draft. So the pickup of Keon Menefield, it becomes even bigger for that reason because he knew that Nick Smith was going to be as good as gone. And Council had a good year. He was the most productive player on Arkansas's roster. 16 points, three and a half boards from three-point range. Only shot 27% from three, but six foot six, a little bit of a do-it-all player. You absolutely love what he was able to bring to the table for that team, Antonio Reeves. He's going to be maintaining his eligibility, but he has decided that he is going to be entering into the NBA draft and really one of the lone constants for Kentucky this year. That backcourt was hot and cold. You didn't know whether or not Xavier Wheeler was going to be in the fold for the team or not. They dealt with a lot of injuries, but you knew that Reeves was going to be out there. 14 and a half points, shot 40% from three-point range, needs to work on skills other than shooting, but he certainly was a good microwave scorer for the team, so that was very nice to see. John Michael Wright, he is going to be returning to Oklahoma State after he was able to give the team 10 points, shot in the mid-30s from three-point range as well, so we did see quite a bit of movement in college basketball on Tuesday, and we're going to do everything humanly possible to make this the most profitable year for you ever during the 2023-24 season. If you have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at gnet underscore d1. Keep in mind, letters cm. It does not matter. As per usual, please send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire on whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five star review. Big thanks to Isabel Gonzalez. That's great work over at CBS Sports. She joined me in the last segment, and I'll be with you guys every single day for this podcast. Rain, shine, sleet, hail. I am with you guys because there's 363 D1 teams to evaluate. There's lots of movement, so I'm going to do my best to keep you guys up to date with it, so I appreciate you guys tuning in today, and I'll be back with you guys tomorrow, and keep in mind, conference previews, those are going to be starting up more towards late May, early June, once the transfer portal settles down a little bit, so thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.